Welcome to Creative Biolab Science Channel. As an experienced expert and reliable partner, Creative Biolabs is proficient in lipid-based drug delivery and functional liposome development. With versatile methods, diverse products, superior quality, and fast turnaround, we are confident to provide optimum solutions tailored to boost your R&D projects. Dear friends in the audience, you are welcome to listen to our program on time every Saturday night. As our sharing guest, Dr. Smith came to our program today as promised. There is a lot of interesting knowledge waiting for us to explore. I believe everyone is looking forward to his arrival. Let's welcome Dr. Smith with warm applause. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. Smith? Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Beth. It is quite nice to see you again. Thank you for your invitation. I'm very excited to be here. In the past few weeks, we have focused on DNA liposome complexes, including their various structural characteristics, mass characterization, pharmacokinetics, and biodistribution, and so on. In the next few episodes, we plan to introduce the application of DNA liposome complexes in gene delivery and transfection in various aspects. It is well known that gene transfection involves several applications. In addition to genetic engineering and gene therapy, scientists are concerned with modern biology to understand the functions of various genes. Thus, gene expression or its blockade can provide important gene and protein function data. Currently, two methods for studying gene function are knocking out the target gene in cells or individuals and introducing the gene under study into cells. Could you please briefly summarize the main things we discuss in the next few episodes, Dr. Smith? I will briefly mention the first attempts to transfect bacterial, animal, and plant cells with DNA encapsulated in conventional liposomes. After that, we will focus on the use of cationic genomes for in vitro and in vivo transfection. I will mainly describe the multiple results obtained during gene transfection research from several aspects. Let's first understand in vitro gene transfection and expression. What is meant by in vitro transfection? In vitro transfection is to measure the expression of the encoded gene by the activity or concentration of the synthesized protein after incubating the cell culture with the plasmid for a while. A typical experiment involves the selection of appropriately confluent cells. Typically 500,000 to 1 million cells are seeded in 60 millimeter dishes and grown in a special medium containing heat-inactivated fetal bovine serum. Plasmids are then added and the DNA complexed with the selected transfection agent is usually incubated for 1 to 5 hours. Then add the medium after 12 to 24 hours and change to a new medium. Gene expression can be measured as a function of time and must be normalized to total protein concentration, indicating the number of cells. In what kinds of forms can DNA plasmids be added? Most commonly calcium-containing precipitates or complexes with polymers and liposomes are used. Naked DNA cannot be inserted into cells spontaneously, and physical means must be used. What are the different factors that affect the expression level after gene transfection? Several factors, such as the presence of plasma in the growth medium, the incubation of the liposomes with the medium before use, and many others were found to have a significant effect on expression levels. Different liposome formulations, including cationic and neutral lipids, behave very differently under different conditions. 
In what ways can the transfection efficiency and expression level of the gene be improved? Study parameters, such as DNA and liposome concentration, liposome composition, feed ratio, fusion, cell age and type, incubation and growth time, and the presence of specific reagents, can optimize a particular system. Additionally, a wide variety of cell lines can be used. Typical cell lines are mouse connective tissue, hamster fibroblasts, hamster kidney cells, human cervical cancer cells, mouse embryonic fibroblasts, human lymphomas, fibroblasts with many different genes, monkey kidney cell lines, many epithelial cells, and endothelial cell lines, as well as many other cell lines. Speaking of human cervical cancer cells, can you mention cellular immortality and the molecular origins of cancer and aging? The immortalization of cancer cells offers the possibility to study the molecular origins of uncontrolled cell division. The tip of a chromosome, or telomere, is a sequence of six building blocks that are repeated many times. Shrink with each cell division until they reach a point where the cells are signaled to stop dividing. In cancer cells, telomeres don't get shorter and shorter, and cells never stop dividing. Telomeres are key to cellular senescence and immortality. What is closely related to the length of telomeres? That must be telomerase. This enzyme is constantly ligating new telomeric sequences. From this perspective, aging may be associated with excessive telomere loss and slowed cell division. Thus, it is clear that the molecular biology of telomeres may add important breakthroughs to our understanding of life and death. We all know that liposomes protect the encapsulated DNA molecules from nucleases and pass the encapsulated substances across the cell membrane. Therefore, traditional liposomes have been tried as delivery vehicles for DNA and RNA. Are there any advantages and disadvantages of liposomes as gene delivery vehicles? From the results of several studies, it was concluded that the negatively charged phosphatidylserine cholesterol liposomes worked best. Although a nearly 100-fold improvement in gene delivery was observed over naked DNA, the transfection rate was still an order of magnitude lower than calcium or polycation precipitation methods. And interest in encapsulating nucleic acids and liposomes quickly faded, especially because the preparation process was rather cumbersome. Improvements that enhance cytoplasmic delivery, either through the endocytic pathway of pH-sensitive liposomes or directly into cells through the fusion of fusogenic liposomes, are considered. However, it did not bring satisfactory results, which would change the trend at the time. But as far as I can tell, this work demonstrates that bacterial, yeast, and mammalian cells, as well as plant protoplasts, can all be transfected with DNA encapsulated in the water cavity of liposomes. Why was this protocol not used to help DNA transfection later? Because the cationic liposomes tried at the time were toxic. Stearylamine is used to induce the charge. Also, the DNA may not be sufficiently complex and condensed due to the lower surface charge. For example, typical liposomes have relatively high surface charge densities. This charge density is two to three times higher than that of stearylamine-doped neutral liposomes even without cationic detergent dissociation from the bilayer. I understand. In the early 1980s, as cationic polymers transfected DNA, cationic micelles and liposomes condensed DNA, and several attempts at efficient transfection using cationic liposomes failed. 
Cationic liposomes have been shown to transfect cells with complex DNA in vitro. Has a dose response been observed in these trials? No dose response was observed, but liposomes were noted to be cytotoxic. An earlier study found that tobacco mosaic RNA was transfected into plant protoplasts after complexation with lecithin cholesterol liposomes containing cationic quaternary ammonium detergents. Up to 30% of cells can be transfected with cationic liposomes, while neutral liposomes are ineffective. To reduce cytotoxicity, many novel cationic lipids have been synthesized. We can discuss this part again next week. That will be great. So much for our content today. Thanks to Dr. Smith for his wonderful science popularization. Thank you for listening. There will be more interesting knowledge waiting for us in the next program. See you next time. Thank you. I hope we will see you next time.